With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hello and welcome to PFF Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm your host, Ian Harditz, and today we continue our Fantasy Files series with a look at Derek Carr. My guy, Derek Carr, kind of my guy, Derek Carr. All right, Derek Carr does not like me. He is the only NFL player I know, to my knowledge, that has blocked me on Twitter, and I 100% deserved it. He was my punching bag for memes uh, over the years of, you know, horrific people that don't play football quickly getting balls out of their hands. You guys know that Dr. Pepper competition where they're just firing, you know, they don't even throw the ball anymore. They two hand it into the, you know, hole to try to win that scholarship or whatever. And I was like, Derek Carr at the first sign of pressure, or, you know, maybe you see, uh, you know, that, that was usually the gist of it. Like Derek Carr at the first sign of pressure, some non-professional athlete doing something silly. So never tag the guy. I, if you tag NFL players on Twitter, unless you're saying like, thank you for being a freaking modern day gladiator and trying your best please don't do so don't burden them with our ridiculous fantasy football thoughts obviously as we say on here we don't hate players we hate adps i would never want to insult a true professional athlete and i am sorry to Derek for doing so but it is what it is Derek Carr's blocked me. That doesn't mean I'm not going to tell it how it is and tell you all that Derek Carr is much better than you think he is at professional football. And this was more true than ever last year. And, you know, I, I've slandered, you know, I don't, I don't want to say slandered. I, I always try to have some analytics behind the thoughts. But, you know, for example, like if Sam Darnold ends up being good this year after all the bad things I said, I am going to have to reroute and say I was wrong. Well, I was wrong on Derek Carr's earlier and mid-career Ability, not that he was great during that stretch. I still think his 2016, you know, quote unquote MVP campaign was rather fraudulent. He was more of a league average quarterback, and a lot of those statistics uh, just did a pretty good job winning close games. Wins and losses tend to capture, you know, the mind of national media more than a high yards per attempt. So it is what it is. I will just say in 2019, 2020, Derek Carr has truly been anyone's idea of a great real life quarterback, not so much fantasy. And we'll get to that. This is a fantasy football quarterback after all, but really what Carr has been able to do. I understand he hasn't had the highest average target depth. He's not necessarily filling up the highlight reel with, you know, your Patrick Mahomes esque throws, but he started to do that a little bit more in 2020. And we just don't need to necessarily penalize the guy for his lack of downfield throws when a, Look at the guys he's stolen to. It's not like we just have a consistent, you know, steady dose of high-end receivers. I know Crabtree and Cooper were good guys to get the career going, but more so in recent years, we haven't had just one proven guy after another for Carr to hit. And two, you just can't really pin all of Carr's lack of, you know, success in the wins and loss column on him when this defense has routinely been terrible throughout his entire tenure. I mean, it really is ridiculous, everybody. Over the past, let's see, seven years, since 2014, the Raiders have finished in scoring defense. 32nd, 22nd, 20th, 20th, 32nd, 24th, 30th. 
and overall in that entire span, 30 seconds. So nothing was new last year. The Raiders fielded the 10th ranked scoring offense, 30th ranked scoring defense. That difference in the 20 ranks between their scoring offense and scoring defense was tied. The Tennessee Titans for the league high. Minnesota Vikings were in third at minus 18. Bills in fourth, minus 14. Packers minus 12. Lions minus 12. Cowboys minus 11. So the Raiders and Titans were like the prime examples last year of you know, middling to okay football teams. Raiders finished eight and eight. Obviously Titans, uh, you know, did better and were able to, you know, give the Ravens a nice little push in that playoff game, but their offense was just so much better than the defense. that I think sometimes, you know, we, again, we just look at the total end of season conclusion. Don't always break it down between the offense and defense as much as we should. And just looking at Derek Carr's performance specifically in 2020, you know, Again, I have a lot of reasons not to not to be hyping this guy up for what he did, but he did it, and we got to give him credit for that. Last year, among 44 qualified quarterbacks, Derek Carr, 86.5 PFF passing grade. That ranked eighth. He was 11th in QB rating, tied for sixth in yards per attempt, tied for ninth in adjusted completion rate, tied for fifth in big-time throw rate, tied for 13th in turnover-worthy play rate. He tied Aaron Rodgers with PF, highest PFF passing grade on throws at least 20 yards downfield. Nobody had a higher adjusted completion rate than Carr on pass is thrown at least 20 yards downfield and credit to Carr. You know, we still saw quite a bit of checking down. It wasn't, you know, a situation where he truly became a different quarterback, but we did start to see glimpses. There was that chiefs game in week five, I believe, he threw a bomb for a touchdown to Nelson Aguilar. He got another bomb for a touchdown to Henry Ruggs. He had a third bomb that Nelson Aguilar called back on a penalty uh, and unfortunately didn't exist. I think that was that Chiefs game. It could have been another week. Apologies if I'm off on that. Either way, once they got Henry Ruggs back in the lineup for that Chiefs game, we actually saw Carr throwing downfield with a far higher sense of urgency than we were used to seeing in recent years because there was a time where Derek Carr truly resembled uh, you know, more of an Alex Smith-type player in terms of how often he was throwing down fields. So I'm not saying that's still the case more times than not. If you do look at Carr over the past, uh, let's see how many years is it, just overall the uh, past, I think, five, six years. I mean, he's 28th ranked in average target depth. So he's not exactly going through his, uh, you know, progressions downfield as much as we would like. Just realize when he does decide to do so, uh, it's been pretty good for business. The guy's got the arm strength. The problem is sometimes I think he uh, gets kind of, you know, tunnel vision once he starts to get pressure on him. Anyway, the stat I was trying to look up as I was phone a little bit of time there. Yeah. Last year, Derek Carr wasn't as much of a check down Charlie as normal. 8.5 average target death. That, that was tied for 18th among 44 quarterbacks. Uh, Derek Carr on average through downfield more often than guys like Aaron Rodgers, Kyler Murray, Dak Prescott, even Ryan Fitzpatrick, you know, Philip Rivers, Justin Herbert. Carr had a higher average target death than those guys. So we need to give him credit for getting out of his comfort zone a little bit in 2020, throwing the ball further downfield and accordingly being a better real life quarterback because of it. So great stuff from Carr. And when he was under pressure, that's the problem. That's been his problem his whole career. He ranked just 22nd in PFF passing grade under pressure last year. When kept clean though, only quarterbacks with a higher passing grade, Aaron Rodgers, Deshaun Watson, Josh Allen, Tom Brady, and Ryan Tannehill. I tweeted out his season highlights. I understand. I can honestly make a highlight reel for at least a minutes long for almost any player in the NFL, including Sam Darnold. They're all that good. Cars, though, truly, I think you'd be uh, surprised with how many dimes he was thrown week in and week out. I mean, I think he had one of the best throws of the season, week nine against the Chargers. 
got actually evaded some pressure, got out to his right and just threw this 60 yard dime downfield to Hunter Renfro. And that's the other part about this. Like Hunter Renfro has the catch radius of a house cat. Yet he's one of the guys that, you know, Carr has to always go to. I know Darren Waller's a beast. No one's debating that, but besides him, what are we looking at? And that takes us to kind of second part of this podcast. It's not, looking great for Carr this year. Maybe he takes his Ryan Tannehill-esque, you know, eighth-year leap just out of nowhere, but I don't know because this offense just does not look as good on paper as it did last season. The first issue, the offensive line. Reigning PFF's 24th-ranked unit comes in as PFF's 25th-ranked unit ahead of 2021. The conclusion from our PFF's uh, just offensive line rankings column, the Raiders moved on from three solid starters this offseason, so the pressure is on their young players to develop and the veterans to improve in order to match where this unit was just two years ago prior to last season's injuries. So, hey, there's talent there. Left tackle Cole Miller, you know, entering his fourth year, we could see him just continue to establish himself as one of the league's better tackles. Rookie first-rounder, right tackle Alex Leatherwood, left guard Rich incognito is back maybe those three can you know just keep the ship afloat enough for car to be good but i don't know rodney hudson's gone he's with the cardinals now gabe jackson's gone he's with the seahawks those two holes could be problematic because again Carr is just a little bit more sensitive to pressure than your average quarterback. So when he was pressured in fewer than 2.5 seconds last year, he only had PFS 24th ranked uh, passing grade, 28th ranked average target depth in those situations. So Derek Carr gets pressured, starts to get a little antsy with the ball, usually not throwing downfield as much. And because of that, we just don't see the offense have the same level of efficiency. And yeah, with the wide receivers, I'm not saying these guys can't, workout. I think that you can talk yourself into him. John Brown, when he's healthy, has been explosive as hell. I mean, look no further than 2020. I think he finished as like the PPR wide receiver 20, or excuse me, 2019. Before Stefan Diggs got the Buffalo, John Brown sure looked like the wide receiver one as he was twisting up Stefan Gilmore, among other guys, in that solid season. We got Henry Ruggs, who I understand didn't live up to his status as the first wide receiver drafted in 2020. I'd also like to see the guy have even one game with more than five targets before we write him off. Was very efficient on his opportunities i know you usually get your targets by getting open i'm just not quite ready to write off henry ruggs yet similar thing with brian edwards the guy that wasn't healthy in college coming out that's why he fell in the draft he wasn't healthy as a rookie that's why he lost his starting job eventually to nelson Aguilar. as uh, the couple weeks went on also have hunter renfro who, even though i slandered saying he has the catch radius of a house cat obviously still an average to above average nfl slot receiver does a good job doing the underneath things you know real, real scrappy uh you know uh scrappy grinder probably dad used to be a coach new england's uh slot receiver type of guy and i just think when you Add this together. We got an offensive line that's going downhill, which has been the single, you know, kind of most impactful part of this offense for Derek Carr's purposes. We got a wide receiver and tight end room that is, is good, not great. I think if you had to rank every single offenses, wide receivers and tight ends, you'd be hard pressed to call this an above average group. Not terrible, but certainly not great. And you add it all together, and I just don't think we can get behind Derek Carr in fantasy land. Maybe he has another really good real life here. The problem is even when he's good in real life, he hasn't been good in fantasy. And it's not really due to Derek's, you know, style. It is due to Derek's style play. What the hell am I saying? He doesn't have a rushing floor. This guy's averaged 5.8 rushing yards per game during his career. Found the end zone on the rusher just six. To, found the end zone as a rusher just six total times. I believe he had three rushing touchdowns last year. It was like a hilarious a four or five year stretch where he never found the end zone. I mean, he had that game against the Cowboys. It was like that meaningless week or like week 16, week 15 game in 2017. It was the uh, you know the 
the note card game when they had to pull out the note card uh, with the pylon and he reached over uh, trying to score and got, I think it was Jeff Heath came flying out of nowhere, knocked the ball out of his hand. And it was that rule that I like a lot of people don't like where the ball went out the end zone and the Cowboys ended up getting the ball back. So Carr, even though he is an athletic guy and like, I want to make almost a highlight film of just the times where he's dove like head over shoulders, head, head over heels would be the right phrase for a first down marker. Like, I feel like he does that a lot. Like he's, you know, someone that I can see the teammates getting hyped up for when he pulls that kind of stuff off, just not just haven't seen him do that enough to get a fancy friendly rushing floor. And then this passing game, while they're a pass first team more times than not, they're just so slow paced, man. Once Gruden has gotten there 17, 21st and 21st in total pass attempts. And unsurprisingly, we've seen them consistently rank as one of the slowest paced teams uh, in the NFL, courtesy of football outsider situation, neutral pace. So yeah, people it's a problem. And because of that, it's why Derek Carr hasn't been a great fantasy quarterback throughout his career in 2014 Carr ranked as the QB 26 in fantasy points per game. He was a QB 18 in 2015 QB 10 in 2016 QB 20 in 2017 QB 25 in 2018 QB 23 in 2019 and QB 18 most recently in 2020. So Derek Carr, you know, at a minimum, he might, he might be an upside because actually last year he did a good job of providing a little bit of uh, you know, some boom weeks. He actually had uh, let's see, he finished as a QB one top 12 signal caller nine times. Nine weeks last year, Derek Carr finished as a QB one. That was tied for ninth highest mark in the league. Still, the floor was just so low. That's what drags this dude's fantasy points down. And I'm not a huge schedule guy, but if you listen to my last podcast where I talked about why Kirk Cousins is such a great idea for people who are getting Trey Lance and Justin Fields because of his opening stretch, Derek Carr is the opposite of that. Like Derek Carr is someone that I know you weren't going to draft anyway, but particularly don't draft him because of what he's got to deal with in the first six weeks of the season. Specifically, the Raiders face off against the Ravens, the Steelers, the Dolphins, the Chargers, the Bears, and the Broncos. So we are talking about legit, maybe six of the league's top 10 defenses right there. Either way, you know, we'll see about the Broncos. We'll see if the Chargers can stay healthy and maybe the Bears or Dolphins take a step back. We're looking at far, you know, far removed matchups that cannot be called cakewalks by any stretch of the imagination. So Derek Carr, you know, someone that I don't think you need to draft and really anything other than a super flex league, even then you're not going to be starting them for a while. Just realize much better in real life than a lot of people give him credit for. And maybe just maybe in the right matchup this year, he can give you some streamer upside. So thank you as always for tuning in to the PFF fantasy football podcast. And before we get out of here, I want to give a quick shout out to our friends at Fantrax. Fantrax is NFL fantasy football league manager is the most customizable, easy to use and feature rich platform in the entire industry. PFF is gearing up to play our leagues on Fantrax this season. One of my favorite parts is multi-team trades. How cool is that people? We can get, you know, I've, I'm in this dynasty uh, startup right now and like, it's kind of annoying because we're doing a slow draft eight hours per pick. And I just keep getting these trade offers and it's we're in round freaking like four and people are offering to trade like future late round picks for like my round eight pick. It's just, Hey, I, as someone like I put my content first in this and I'm actually not as uh, just super far into the trade streets as some of you just true DJs out there, which I'm not even hating on that. I'm just saying, imagine like the amount of love and enjoyment some of you and people out there get out of, you know, doing just single person, deep dynasty, long-term trades. Now imagine if you can add in multiple teams with that. 
obviously many more features as well. Player salary and contract options, bonus points for touchdowns and different yardage, projected player rankings based on your league's custom scoring, and also it can auto-generate player salaries for your league. So whichever league you're in, you can customize it exactly the way you want. If you're coming from another site, absolutely no problem. Fantrax can import any of your current leagues. So sign up, and here's the best part, people. Sign up and play now at Fantrax.com slash PFF and actually get a chance to win an autographed jersey from Josh Allen. That's right. Josh Allen, Bills QB1, number one in your hearts, number 17 in the programs, the very own Josh Allen. That is Fantrax.com slash PFF, the home of fantasy sports. And real quickly before we get out of here, if you like fantasy football and if you like playing fantasy for money, you need to check out Underdog Fantasy. Underdog's got everything, including season-long and playoff best ball. Best ball is a season-long game where you drop a team like you normally do. But that's it. No in-season roster management. Underdog automatically selects your best performers each week, saving you loads of time. Go to Underdog. Draft Justin Fields or Trey Lance, and then get Kirk Cousins, and you'll probably win a bunch of money. Go to Underdog Fantasy, deposit $10 using promo code PFF, and get a free PFF Edge annual subscription. That's promo code PFF. Go get that free PFF Edge annual subscription with a $10 deposit. Draft now at Underdog Fantasy. Thank you as always for tuning in. Everybody, the PFF Fantasy Football Podcast. New episodes out every single day throughout the summer. Gonna continue to get this grinding before the season starts. And we'll keep grinding. The season will end and we'll keep grinding and we'll just keep talking football all the damn time. Because what's better than this? Guys being dudes, football, greatest sport on the earth. As always, great day to be great. So until next time, take care, everybody. 